Final Just Baseball show of the week. Jack, Peter, if you're watching on YouTube, you notice that we're sitting next to each other. I can actually like touch him. I'm not going through him. Uh, we're talking in person and not via Zoom, which is a cool thing that we do like twice a year, but we get to do it for the entire week now. Yeah, we've recorded maybe 400. I think this is episode 418 and we've maybe done three in person. Yeah. And now that we're in person, we finally get to watch our March Madness, March, March Madness bracket get destroyed, which is fine. That's just fine. Yeah, it's fine it's with me, man, as long as we can do it together. Um, yeah. We're talking about the AL West today. As we continue our divisional previews here, we just walked through the AL East. Peter and Aram did it in about 90 minutes. Uh, Aram and I were shooting for about 40 minutes on the AL Central, and then it ended up being like 110. So I think let's shoot for 50, and we'll probably keep people for 110. Yeah, I mean, I'm always down to go an hour 30, maybe even an hour 40, because... I think going through each division, especially this one in the AL West, where you have four teams that I think can realistically compete for a playoff spot. You're giving Texas a lot of credit. I am giving Texas a lot of credit because they've done a lot in this offseason and they deserve a lot of credit. But yeah, I mean, they finished 68 and 94 last year, but they did a lot and there is the upside there. There's a ton of upside with the Angels. Of course, the Mariners are going to be there and the Astros are the 2022 World Series champion, but you look at the A's and you say, yeah, we only have to spend five minutes on them, so we could do it in under an hour. Right. I th I think five <laughs> minutes is good for the A's. I think maybe three, right? Because we go lineup, rotation, bullpen. Give me 45 seconds to read the lineup. You can say bad. <laughs> okay. I think it's some weird transition. 20 seconds to read the rotation. Okay. We talk about Cole Irvin not being there anymore. Fair. And then bullpen, and we say, hey, Trevor May, he's pretty good at playing video games. And then mm -hmm. that's it. That's the end of the podcast. Do you know the A's had a negative 202 run differential last year? That was the worst in the American League. And it was only the third worst in Major League Baseball. We're going to talk about the Pirates and the Nationals in another episode. I'm excited. But I would expect the A's to have a worse run differential. Probably. Moneyball. Moneyball. They get on base. Yeah, they get on base. They get on base. That. Um, all right, non-baseball conversation off the top, like our five-ish minutes. Mm -hmm. Florida, you landed yesterday. Yeah. I landed yesterday morning. You landed in the evening, and we linked up at a bar because really weird scenario, but Aram was at the WBC game. I was not. <laughs> so uh, we, I will save that story for another time. But um, yeah, man, so we link up in Fort Lauderdale. Florida, n awesome. Like weather, excellent. Love Aram, loves Ar love Aram's like, you know, family, everybody that we get to see down here. Uh, but Florida as a place is kind of odd because all of a sudden, like, we're sitting there at a restaurant. This place turns into, like, EDM bar at yeah. 10 p.m. And it's bottle service. Like, the lights are going. And we're like, we didn't sign up for this. Yeah, it's a Wednesday night. We're trying to catch the end of the Puerto Rico um, game versus the Dominican Republic and then watch the USA versus Colombia game. By the game. way, Fox assholes for dumping out of that PRDR game yeah, for the I mean, start of the U.S. game. It's in the top of the ninth inning, and they move to the... 
pregame for USA versus Colombia and Puerto Rico versus Dominican Republic with all due respect to the United States that game was much better and it wasn't over it was 5 to 2 in the ninth right. and when you have the Dominican Republic on one side it's never over but the story is that Jack and I are sitting in a booth in what we think is just like a regular restaurant and then it turns into a nightclub and it's not like we're going to a game on a Friday where we expect that it was Wednesday at 9pm yeah. we're even getting offers for people to buy us drinks to move out of their booth because huge tables are coming right but with that said i do have a soft spot for florida i do like it here you know i'm from california i love the good weather even though florida's kind of overrated for weather because it's always rainy i got off the plane it's it's 8 30 at night and it's humid yeah i understand what you're saying okay thank you but i was in indiana where it was 28 yeah i mean i was in new york where it was snowing the other day so that's why it's good to be here but the World Baseball Classic, we are going to be in Miami. Well, we're obviously in Miami, but I'm talking about Lone Depot Park yes. over the next few days, watching all of the games. And the USA kind of limped in. I'm glad I hit my Mexico bet, plus right. 450. Mm-hmm. We love that. We got, we got the PR in Mexico tonight. We've got the US and Venezuela tomorrow. And then on Sunday, we've got the first semi, Monday, second semi, Tuesday final. And, and we'll be there and doing really good shit for, for all of it, which yep. would be great. Um, we've seen Mike Trout carry the United States. Yeah. Right. That's just what he does. Didn't he drive in all three runs in that 3-2 yes. win? Yes. But nobody's been better than Randy Rosarino for Team Mexico. He's hitting 510 RBIs for them. It's big game Randy. We talked about it at the beginning. It is. I, when I pitched Mexico to win it all, I said they have two big game players. Yes. Yes. Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, and you know, Ronald Acuna Jr., they're better players than Randy, but... Come tournament time, it's Randy's tournament to lose. And then you have Julio Arias, which is a game I'm really excited to watch. Mexico versus Puerto Rico. They pl- The winner of that game plays Japan. It's going to be Julio Arias versus Marcus Stroman. I got Mexico winning. I think they're going to pull it out. So if they win, who starts game two? Is that Patrick Sandoval against... It's going to be Patrick Sandoval most likely against you, Darvish. Darvish. They can win that game threw, too. Darvish just threw two innings out of the pen yesterday or this morning so it might be rookie might be rookie which is better than (laughs) maybe like if we're learning anything it's that yamamoto and and rookie could be better than darvish which is fucked up that's fucked up to say you said rookie and i said okay and then you said yamamoto and i said okay wait a minute but back-to-back cy young's in the mpb 154 era and he dogged in his start and if he came over right now like he's supposed to be posted after this season when he comes over He's going to be looked at to the level of you, Darvish. He's in $150 million. And right now, he's in his prime. He's 23, 24 years old. This is where the stuff is playing up as much as possible. Correct. And they're not even playing with the ball that they use in the MPB. That stuff is still working in the World Baseball Classic. Correct. Yeah. Maybe Yamamoto might be end up better than you, Darvish. He's better than Shintaro Fujinami. And yes, we're going to get into the Oakland A's here <laughs> with, with the start of the AL West. Uh, Shintaro Fujinami did come over. Let's start with the lineup. So... I know you guys did it working worst to first. Arm and I did the AL Central yesterday going lineup, rotation, bullpen, and just like quick hitters yeah. on each. And and when a lineup or a rotation deserves their flowers, we give them their flowers. But unfortunately, the Oakland A's probably won't. Again, we are working off of roster resource from Fangraph, so uh, the projected opening day lineup is what we're working off of here. The catching tandem for Oakland on opening day will likely be Shea Langoliers, which gets a thumbs up. Uh, and Manny Pena as a backup, which is fine. That's fine. That's You're, a good catching duo, I think. I think so. I like Langoliers. Um, 
First to third in the infield, you've got Seth Brown, Tony Kemp at second, Nick Allen as the projected opening day shortstop, uh, and then you've got Jace Peterson, who comes over from Milwaukee in a free agent deal as the opening day third baseman. Outfield left to right, Connor Capel, Esteri Ruiz, who came over in that William Contreras deal, and then Ramon Laureano in right. Jesus Aguilar is the DH, who signed as a free agent. Uh, And then you've got Ryan Nota, the Rule 5 pick, Aledmus Diaz, and everyone's favorite, Christian Pache, filling out uh, the opening day bench. This lineup is the worst in baseball. It sucks, but I think the funniest thing and what jumps out to me most is that Christian Pache, who came over in the Matt Olson deal, was supposed to be ranked by many as one of the best overall prospects in baseball. What does he do? He turns around and can't hit at all and isn't even the defender that we thought he was. We thought he was all world. He's still far above average, but I just don't know if he's ever going to hit enough. That's why over here at Just Baseball, I know Aram was has always been one of his biggest haters yeah, per se or just lower than the rest of I think doubters is fair. Doubters is fair. And so far he hasn't done much and now is on the bench of quite possibly the worst team in Major League Baseball. Yes. There are a couple bright spots on this team. Seth Brown is good. I think he is actually a good ball player. The problem with Seth Brown is Seth Brown probably won't be on the team by the trade deadline. Because if he turns in a good first half, like he had a pretty good year last year, he'll just be gone. So Seth Brown was a 117 WRC plus in 150 games. It's 25 homers. That's good. It's a good player. It it is. It's good. Good. It's good. For like a platoon guy. I'm not saying great. Yeah, I'm saying good. That's a great platoon guy to have. No, that's a good player. If you have a 117 WRC plus in 50 games, how old is he? 29 years old? 50 games. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I guess we're probably looking at him the same way Canna, although Canna had better years. Yes. I'm also slightly biased too because Seth Brown come gambling time. It was this weird (laughs) thing with him because he was always up for one and a half bases. And whenever we'd mention him, he'd hit a home run that day. Okay. It was a weird vibe. I like Seth Brown. I like Shea Langliers. Everything else? Esther Ruiz is exciting. You don't know exactly what you're going to get. He's fast. He gets on base, which only helps his speed a little bit more. Bigger bases. Oh, yeah. That That could be Esther Ruiz. He might hit 210. He might hit 210. But he's fast. He's fast. And he's a good defender. I hope he's not Billy Hamilton. He might be Billy. I d- he's a better bat than that. He is because Billy Hamilton couldn't hit the ball out of the infield. Astor Ruiz yeah. can hit a fly ball to the outfield. It's not going to go that far. I mean, he's projected seven home runs this year. If he's seven home runs, twenty bags, and plays good defense, I will take that every day of the week. Can I tell you that I think that you can put together a team of minor league bats for the Oakland A's that will beat the major league Oakland A's in like if it was. Pitching was the control variable. So they each got to throw identical guys, and they got identical lines. I think that there is a minor league team that wins three games out of seven against the major league team. I don't think you're going too far. I I think that the the most disappointing part of the A's is, first of all, they trade everyone who ends up being good. Sean Murphy gone, Matt Chapman gone, Olsen even Donaldson gone. back, Olsen yes. gone, Cole Irvin gone, Chris Bassett gone. Manaya gone. Manaya gone. You could go down the list. But a guy that they did keep, Ramon Laureano, last like year the was worst of the bunch. terrible. Terrible. I mean, they had the chance to get rid of him and actually get a big prospect call. Remember when they were in conversations with the Marlins? That was a big discussion. Yes. They were going to get big-time prospects. I remember Edward Cabrera's name was floated in deals for Ramon and, Laureano. And then he has a 287 OBP and a 376 slug. Yeah, like that's niche. And he's, and he's a quarter now. 
He's not even their center fielder. And he's not even an elite, like he's not even an elite corner. Like we were talking about him as, oh, he's the best defensive no, center fielder in baseball. We just ranked top 15 corners. He was nowhere near even an almost discussion. No. Nowhere close. No. And he's supposed to be the best player. And Jesus Aguilar, 33 years old, he had 16 hey, home runs last year. That I don't, guy can RBI. Yeah, <laughs> but like a 379 slug. And this is not this is not a lineup that's gonna hit at all. Guys, I'm excited about Shea Langliers, I think is a very good young catcher. Ruiz. Um, Ruiz, I'm excited about. Ryan Seth Noda. Brown is a good player. Like, that's it. And it's even Langliers and Ruiz, they might not perform this year. This is really like their first year fully in action. So it's not going to be good. We've already passed up our allotted time on the Oakland A's, but we're just going to keep <laughs> that's going. That's what I'm saying. There's interesting guys. <laughs> right. And the rotation is much more entertaining. Will it be good? I don't know. But I have a hot take that they finished top 20 in the ERA. We're going to get to that in a moment. Top but 20? let me put together um, a, a lineup of minor leaguers that will beat this team. I okay. think at least two games out of seven. Could Team Columbia beat them? Yeah, I think so. Tyler Soderstrom catching. Uh, let's put Dermis Garcia at first. Ugh. Let's put Tyler Wade at second. Uh, Jonah, yeah, Jordan Diaz at third. I got to find a spot for Jonah Bride. <laughs> Zach Geloff maybe has like a poor shortstop. Um, Kevin Smith at short, actually. No, the Major League team is beating this team. But like J.J. Blade, Kyle Brent Rooker, Greg Dykeman. That's terrible. Lawrence Butler is waiting. Denzel Clark has shown some things in the WBC. Like, But the thing is, that team sneaks a game from the Oakland A's. Yeah, in a, in a seven-game series, there's a gentleman sweep. Like, it's 4-1. to one. Your but they, minor they league game. team should never take a game from Yeah, them. like the Yankees, their, their minor league team isn't taking a game. Even a team like the Reds, who have an incredible, you know... Their system is loaded. The Orioles' system is loaded. Game. They're not taking a game. Oakland is the only team where you can make the argument that the minor leaguers take a game from the major leaguers. But the reason they might not take any games is because the rotation. They do have five arms that I do like. I like all of them. Opening day five. Paul Blackburn, Shintaro Fujinami. All-star Paul Blackburn. All-star <laughs> Paul Blackburn. Uh, Fujinami, James Kaprelian, Drew Rosinski, J.P. Sears. I like their depth better than I like their rotation. Yeah, you can make that argument because they have Ken Waldachuk waiting. Kyle Muller. Kyle waiting. Muller. Is Kyle Muller good? Yes, Kyle, I do uh, think he's good. Okay, but I think J.P. Sears is better. But uh, it doesn't matter. They do have they have depth here. Paul Blackburn was an all-star. Is he that good? No, he had a 4 ERA last year. Right. He had a horrible second half. But is he an arm you can rely on? Absolutely. Shintaro Fujinami came over from Japan. Really good splitter. Good stuff, but... Is not to the level of a Kodai Senga. It's not to the level of Roki Sasaki or Yamamoto that you might see in the World Baseball Classic. But I think he can be a good four or a five. And Caprillion, again, good four or a five. Ruchinski came over from the KBO, was really good over there. I think he can be at least a four or five. They have a lot of fours and fives, but they don't have guys that you look at and say, all right, that's an auto loss. Right. Now, that lineup's not going to hit. So let's say that these guys give you five innings, six innings, a two-run, three-run ball, which is still like pretty solid. They might lose the game three to one. That's why the Oakland A's are on track to, I think, maybe have the worst record in all of baseball. Yes, uh, bullpen doesn't help them out. Much. No, not even a little bit. I mean, Trevor May is the guy who had a five ERA last year, and he's slated to be the closer. That's not a recipe for success, Jack. Tell me, tell me if you can give me any information on any of these guys that I'm about to name. Trevor May. Decent at video games. Yeah. Zach Jackson, Danny Jimenez, Domingo Acevedo, Sam Mall, Chad Smith, Adam Aller. Do you know anything about this guy? Sam Mole is a very good lefty. 
I actually think he's a good pitcher. He had a 2.91 ERA. He had more strikeouts than innings pitched. Jimenez and Acevedo both were ERAs in the in the low to mid threes. Even Zach Jackson was pretty good, but it's just they don't have the strikeout stuff. The peripherals don't look good. But I think of these guys, he's the oldest. Sam Mole at 31. He is a good lefty. He was. Remember when I wrote the underrated free agents article or underrated trade deadline? Underrated for the YouTube crowd that you just touched my chest. Yeah, Scott Efros was on that list. Like Sam Mole was another guy on that list. He's got good stuff. He's a good lefty. You can get both lefties and righties out. But I mean, we're 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 humming through shit here. Like I'm trying to be positive. I think we were talking about Emilio Pagan yesterday, and this is the same conversation we had earlier this week when we were going through bullpens. And I was like, we're spending too much time. On the Just Baseball show that's supposed to cover baseball in its entirety on Emilio Pagan. <laughs> We've spent way too much time on Sam Mole, unfortunately. With that said, I am a Sam Mole guy. Okay. Sam Mole guy. All right. This team is destined for the bottom. Yes. I think I think they scored the least amount of runs in Major League Baseball this year. But with that said, I think they are... They allow the fewest. <laughs> They're the best pitching staff in the game. No. What did I mean? I mean they, they score the least amount of runs as an offense... But I think, for example, they're pitching last year. As, oh my God, they finished 26 in ERA as a staff and 24th from Leroy. Yeah, I like think both of those numbers are in the 20s or the low 20s, maybe even teens. Oh, wow. That's a hot take. That's Holy a hot take. You heard it here first. That they're in the top 20 in any of these pitches. Peter stats. Apple thinks that right, the, the Oakland A's rotation yeah. is the 19th best rotation in the <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let, let's go to Texas here and let's start with this lineup. Um, the, the catching tandem right now is Jonah Heim and Mitch Garver. Good. Good. Great. I like it. Gar- That's one of the better catching tandems that there are. I mean, Garver's mostly a DH now, but he hey, can still catch. You know what? With the best defensive catcher in the game, or one of the best defensive catchers in the game, I you'll know I have, that. I have Trevino on line one. Like, yeah, yeah you'll take a, a DH type. Like, I think, I think Salvi is a great guy to have with a glove first catcher. And uh, Garver is the very, very poor man, Salvi. Yeah. Um, it's just right. about him staying healthy. Yeah, I think so. And, and Haim, you know, like if he's ready to catch 110 games, Garver can catch 50 games for sure. Um, Nathaniel Lowe is going to be the opening day first baseman, silver slugger winner from a year ago. You've got that $500 million infield and Semyon at second and Seeger at short. Josh Young, the 25-year-old and one of their top prospects still after dealing with the shoulder thing. We'll be at third, outfield left to right, Robbie Grossman, who was uh, taken as a free agent uh, in left, Bubba Thompson in center, Adolis Garcia in right, Brad Miller is the DH, Ezekiel Duran, Josh H. Smith, and Clint Frazier, Jackson Frazier, who is a non-roster invitee, yeah. uh, probably round out the bench. You said it when we were talking about, um, I, I, was it overrated positional groups or was it like bad positional groups? You said they just forgot to address the outfield. They forgot to address the outfield. Jackson Frazier on the opening day roster screams, we forgot to address the outfield. Robbie Grossman is a guy who I thought at the deadline last year could possibly help a contender as a bench bat. You loved him as a bench bat. I did love him as a bench bat. Do I like him as a starting left fielder for the entire year? No, especially for a team like the Rangers who is supposed to contend this year. When you spend $500 million on the infield, then the next offseason you spend $300 million on the pitching staff, you expect to compete. So we are going to hold the Rangers to a standard of do they expect to make the playoffs? And with an outfield of... Robbie Grossman, Bubba Thompson, and Adolis Garcia, that is one of the weakest units, maybe the weakest unit on any legit playoff contender. Yes. Right? Bubba Thompson, 
while I don't think overall he's that good of a baseball player, sneaky one of the fastest players in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Up there with Corbin Carroll and Bobby Wood Jr. and Trey Turner. Sprint speed, he's up there. But like, You know who else is fast? It's Billy Hamilton. I mean, the guy had a 614 OPS last year, yeah. and it's not he's not all-world in center either. And then you have Adolis Garcia, who is very solid. I like Correct. Adolis Garcia. Probably a snub when we're talking about corner outfields when we're ranking them like in terms him. of honorable mentions. He's a very good player, but I mean, a 300 OBP for a guy like that, like, come on, dude. Yeah, so he is Bubba Thompson or Adolis? Adolis. I mean, Bubba Thompson's OBP was also 300 last year. It might be like 280. Yeah, it was 302. Uh, Yeah, like not good. Adolis is actually like a 30-20 threat, which I appreciate, but counting numbers are counting numbers, I understand. 27 bombs, 25 bags last year. Yes, um... Adolis also has an absolute hose, hose. right? Like yeah. he's he's, he's a, a good, good player. Yeah, he is a good defensive right fielder. I wish they found a spot for Ezekiel Duran. Like, and he can hop in the outfield. Josh H. Smith, like I don't really place much stock in. They also have a really good system. And like Evan Carter is a top 25, 30 guy in all of baseball, but he's still probably a year and a half away. Um, I I think Chris Young is aware that they have outfield help coming. I think they just did a terrible job of finding guys on one-year prove-it deals. Like, Conforto on a one-year deal would have made a lot of sense. Why didn't they steal Brantley away from Houston? I don't know. Like it, Stuff like that. Like, maybe Brantley's now with DH for Houston, but he can still go in and play left. Like, there were so like, many other options they could have made a trade, you said it yourself, with the farm system they have, with how many arms they have. Why not Will Myers, man? Exactly. Something like that. Why not go get a guy like Brandon Drury, who can help on the infield and then the outfield? Like, there were so many guys that you could have gotten... But instead, you unloaded on the pitching staff, which I like because they needed to. But there are just still so many holes on this team. But one of those holes does not involve the infield. I love this infield. We talk about Corey Seager as the guy who might take the biggest step up when it's talking about banning of the shift. Like, that's almost a narrative that's tired at this point. But at the same time... But it's just perpetuated by you. Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm the guy perpetuating it. And (laughs) now it's taken a mind of its own. Right. But the reason being is... A guy with a 220 BABIP who hit 245 last year. I mean, that's just not supposed to. That's not what Corey Seager is after hitting 300 in two straight seasons. Um, but again, Corey Seager just has to stay healthy, even if he doesn't. Like, let's say he hits 260. It's still one of the best shortstops in Major League Baseball. Marcus Semyon, one of the best second basemen in Major League Baseball. Nathaniel Lowe, one of the best first basemen in Major League Baseball. And what we expect from Josh Young is somewhat of a breakout year. Yeah. I think so. Like, Young, what are you expecting from Josh Young? I'll tell you what, like, these projection systems expect. They expect 21 homers. And I like think a, that's more than fair. A 240 hitter with a 430 slug. I expect more than that. I expect more than 240. He's a better hitter than 240. Yes. I think 430 slug is is on par with what he's going to do. Like, I think 20 homers is fair yeah, for I Josh think, Young. And, and that is your fourth best infielder? Like, when you already have Seager, Semyon, and Lowe, that's a great infield. And it's just like, why are they DHing Brad Miller? Uh, I don't know. They they needed to get better there. Like again, Mitch Garver should be the DH. Yeah, and he probably will be. Yeah. Or like, hey, maybe even mix in like a Josh H. Smith as the DH. Um, Josh H. Smith had a 249 slug last year. Yeah. But that's like, horrible. It is horrible. That's horrible. Um, I think Yoshi Tsutsugo is going to get big league at bats for that, which kind of sucks. Yeah, as like sucks. a DH. Like, yeah, I, maybe I should take back about the Rangers because the rotation I do like on paper, but we know what's probably going to happen to the rotation. I just, 
it's hard for me to make a pitch as them being a playoff contender when you have the Astros and the Mariners being so good, with the Angels having a better roster, you look at the Guardians and you think they're basically a lock to make the playoffs. And even if they aren't, it's going to be the Twins or the White Sox having a really good year. Then you look in the East and it's the Yankees, it's the Rays, it's the Blue Jays, it's the Orioles. Like there's just too many better teams than this Rangers team. Everything has to go right. Seager has to take that massive jump that I've been screaming about. Semyon has to be... Second half Semyon. Nathaniel Lowe has to do exactly what he did last year. Young take the next step. Every pitcher stay healthy. And they're already so, kind of falling. And they're already falling. Like it's it's almost it's it's a landslide right now. And it's it's not good. It's yeah. not good. So Odorizzi is sidelined with arm fatigue right now. So Odorizzi is the six. If you work up, like they're probably gonna start dropping like flies. Like right. Heaney is I don't want to say like kind of get hurt, but Heaney's the next. So if you work one to five, it's probably DeGrom, Martin Perez, Nathan Uvaldi, John Gray, Andrew Heaney. Uh, DeGrom is DeGrom. We know that that guy is as sporadically available as anybody on God's green earth. Mm -hmm. Martin Perez had a year from heaven with a 290 ERA. Does Martin Perez do that again? Does Martin Perez have a 289? No. Does he have a 35? Yes. I think so. And yes. I think he's figured something out. Does he, he messed with his pitch mix. And I think, like, we're even seeing him in the WBC right now look good against some of the best hitters on the planet. I do think, as long as he stays healthy, he is a very serviceable two. Is he a two for a contender? No. Is he a two for the Rangers? Yes. And is that bad? No. What do you think John Gray is? Because John Gray was a four last year. I think John Gray settles in and has a pretty nice year. I think he, 3.96 last year, give me 3.5 this year for John Gray. I think he settles in. He's got good stuff. First year really pitching with the Rangers, and he had to switch it up from pitching with Colorado. I think that this year might be one of John Gray's best seasons to date. You think because he's comfortable? I do. I think the comfortability matters. I think after, you know, first season in Texas adjusting he only threw 127 innings wasn't fully healthy all year i think with a clean slate of health we see one of john gray's better years i mean his numbers last year pitch by pitch were not terrible not at all like the slider the slider's great he throws it 36 percent of the time opponents hit 156 against it the fastball really it, it like Obviously, you got to take his Colorado numbers with a grain of salt, especially when it comes to the fastball. But 2021, opponents hit 330 against his fastball. 2022, opponents hit 275 against his fastball. There you go. Now, he's a 51% four-seamer guy. So, like, yes, I understand that 275 is a high number, and, like, that needs to go down. Good fastballs, major league hitters don't hit 275 against. But... If you are mixing the slider in 40% of the time and opponents are hitting a buck 50 against it, you, you feel decent about that. So I understand where you're coming from. Um, my big thing is like, is he going to command enough? Because there the are points where he walks a lot of guys. Like yeah. He had a 9% walk rate in 2021. He lowered that to 7.5. But if that can get to like 7 or high 6s... I feel a lot more comfortable in Gray as every fifth day going out there can give me six innings. Gray is not the problem. It's the bottom with Eovaldi and Heaney. And I'm not saying that those are bad starters. I actually think Heaney went healthy right now. He's figured something out with that sweeper. Is a good starter. Yeah. It's just 72 innings last year for Heaney. That's been his issue. When he was with the Yankees, he was getting pelted. Dodgers saw something, signed him immediately. Then he gets a two-year deal with the Rangers. Right. He is just... 
he's not a ticking time bomb because it's not an automatic that he gets injured. But he's one of the players that when we go over division by division, team by team, that I'm the one of the most scared that he's going to have to deal with an injury this year with DeGrom. And Ivaldi dropped in velocity last year. Normally he's 99. Last year he was like 94. That's just not the hard-throwing Nate Ivaldi that we're so used to. He was also... Was he hurt? Like, that's the thing. I he was no hurt. Idea. I mean, he wasn't healthy. He threw, what, 107 innings? Yeah, he threw 109 innings. 109 innings. So he was obviously going through some shit. Ivaldi is... 33 years old. This guy has had the weirdest fucking career, dude. I mean, he was, well, he was a Marlin, and he was 100, but, like, where's it going? Yep. Then he goes to, he was already a TJ guy, I think, at that point. I think so. And then he goes to the Yankees. Figures out that cutter. Disgusting. And then he figures out the cutter and the splitter. He got that yep. Tanaka splitter, and he yep. was great. Uh, and then he goes to the Red Sox and is a hero. And then since then, like, with a team that has been so underwhelming... He was like the one steady force until last year. And when Ivaldi hit the fan, that's when like shit hit the fan for the Red Sox, right? Ivaldi was always that, well, at least we have him every fifth day. And like Red Sox fans are, are looking at their schedule and it's like, okay, well, if I can get tickets to an Ivaldi start, I'm going to go We're to probably that. probably going to win. Yeah. Like I'm going to go to that one as opposed to a Winkowski start. Yeah. And then last year it was just like, ah, shit, Ivaldi's a shell of himself. Like no wonder we're fifth in the ALE. Yeah. So... I, I see you on Heaney, and I couldn't agree more with you on Heaney because that guy, like, there are outings where I turn on Andrew Heaney, and I'm like, this is T-ball today. Yeah. But there are more outings, or at like, least last year, most outings. It was the Dodgers. Were, were they, it was like he was pitching at an close to ace level. Yeah. He really was. When you have 110 Ks in 72 innings with a 3-1, that is ace level stuff. I need to find out what sort of deal with the devil the Dodgers made to make Tyler Anderson, Andrew Heaney, and Tony Gonsolin really good. It's the same messing year. with these guys' sliders. It's this Dodger way. It's they. I got I got a hate text about Yancy Almonte from a Rocky fan friend of mine. <laughs> he was just like he fucking sucked with the Rockies, and then he goes to the Dodgers and he's like a sub two, like closer to one than two. Yeah, I mean it's classic. It's they do this with all the relievers, and but I do think Heaney figured it out. It's just he hasn't figured out staying healthy yet. That's why this rotation, when healthy, when healthy, you have Jacob Degrom, best pitch for pitch pitcher yes. on the planet. Yes. Martin Perez, who maybe he regresses a little bit, low but threes. let's say best case scenario. Let's say he low threes. That's yeah. like kind of best case scenario, I think, yeah. at this point. John Gray does what we're saying, stays healthy, three five ERA. Ivaldi regains. I've let's got say, confidence that he's a he's a mid threes guy. Okay, Andrew Heaney throws 150 innings. Then we're looking at the rotation with this offense because while the outfield is weak, they have enough guys to at least hit them in. Where you look at the team and you say, yeah. Best case scenario, this is an 85-win team. Yeah. The problem is that worst case scenario, you're still looking at 68 wins. And their best case scenario is nowhere close to the Angels' best case scenario. It's nowhere close to the Orioles' best case scenario. Right. It's just, it's not enough this year. But at the same time, what you were talking about with their prospects is that this is not the end. Right? They didn't spend $300 million on an infield, or $500 million. They didn't spend $300 million on the rotation for this to be the window and then it's over. Right. They have these arms coming. Right. They have guys like Evan Carter who arm is going to rank very high in the top 100. This is not the end. This is, I think, the beginning, and they're filling the team now 
with established veterans to stay competitive until the window is fully open. Yes, um, and, and not to mention, like, y- you've got some guys, obviously DeGrom is in it for the long haul, he just signed a five-year deal, but Uvalde just signed a, a two-year deal, Heaney just signed a two-year deal, so that gives, you know, guys that, that were even underperforming last year, um, you know, somebody like a Jack Leiter. Martin Perez is back on a one-year deal. Yes, exactly. So, like, somebody like a Jack Leiter or a Kumar Rocker, they have time to get up. Yeah. to the major league level with these veteran guys and you know maybe they get an audition and then they have like their true full season uh in 2025 like yeah. lighter might just be a a mid-season 2024 let's get you up there because he's probably going to repeat double a uh and, and then you've got some other guys owen white cole Wynn, you know glenn otto i glenn otto how do you feel about glenn otto i mean yeah former yankee he's fine he can get outs they have a lo- they have depth here but antoine kelly tk roby like there are like even enough- dane dunning is probably gonna throw innings for yeah, this game he's not yeah, terrible he's not it's- good he's not bad eh. yeah he might be kind of bad former yeah. white Sox, he might be kind of bad yeah former um, White Sox. all right bullpen jose leclerc is probably the closer brock burke was awesome last year awesome uh, and then you've got other guys. You signed Will Smith on a free agent deal. Will Smith is not that good. Anymore. No, he's not. He's no. not. A I, I didn't like that. Sign. I thought that was a fleecing of Will Smith for uh, Odorizzi. Oh, straight yeah, up, right? I mean, that like, was crazy. Um, but then you've got Taylor Hearn. You've got Joe Barlow. You've got Jonathan Hernandez, Cole Reagans. It's fine. It, it's okay. It like, is okay. And that's the nicest thing that we could say about it. Burke was excellent last year, and we expect him to be excellent once again. Yes. LeClerc is very solid. Yes. Jonathan Hernandez, very solid. But then you keep going, like, Barlow was injured. He was closing for them for a little bit, but just didn't have that great of a year. You look at a guy like Will Smith, who I think is really just past his prime at this point. Taylor Hearn... They use him in in I guess like every six starters. days sometimes, yeah. and they throw him in starts, innings. and he gets he gets crushed. Like I just, you know, I remember CC Sabathia. He was talking up a storm about Taylor Hearn, saying he sees some of himself in him. And I'm thinking to myself, CC, what are you on right now? Because what do you see in Taylor Hearn that reminds him of you? Taylor Hearn, I feel like just throws a flat fastball down the middle, and it just gets. Pummeled. I mean, he's a big five guy. one three last year. It's just I don't see it. He's a six six two hundred and thirty pound lefty. Like I I understand yeah, how I mean, you, you can, can dream size. on that. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, I I understand how you can dream on that, but like he was he's been under nine Ks per nine like his entire career. And it's not even about the strikeouts. Out. It's just like the stuff isn't that good. Remember we were talking about Eduardo Rodriguez? It's like right. yeah, you can look at the numbers and be like, oh yeah, that, that's not good. It's just like the stuff isn't that like, good. It's not. It, 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 it's not indicative of good future performance at all. No, and he sat 95, but like it wasn't a good 95. And it's 95. flat. It's a bad 95. Right. So, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. Again, enough on Taylor Hearn. Yes, I think this is the Marlins <laughs> conversation, though, where, you know, best case scenario, they finish fourth. Worst case scenario, they finish fourth in this division. I totally agree with you. I think, well, best case scenario, let's say the Angels do their Angels thing again. The best case scenario is this team finishes third, but I just doubt it. Like... Even the 60th percentile outcome for both the Angels and the Rangers is completely different. I think the 60th percentile outcome for the Rangers is like 72 wins, while for the Angels it's like 80. Yes. Best case for the Angels is 95. Best case for the Rangers is not even in the 90s. It's They are on a different plane than them, even though they've spent more money than them. Yes. Uh, But with that said, I like that they're trying. This is not a team that I want to make fun of for not. No, I They are going for it. They are spending money. 
Maybe they're not all the best moves, but I can respect Chris Young and that front office that they are doing things. No, and man, like they have a nice ballpark that draws a lot of people. Glove life. Yeah, I mean, like that. There's something to be said about that, and you want to pour money into the product, yes. you get more people out to Globe Life. All of a sudden, you become a factory. And the Rockies profit. They're a they're a big cat coin. This I'm part of my take. They're frisky. They're it's frisky? a frisky team. Okay. It's a frisky Did team. Did he say that about the Texas Rangers? No. He said it, I think, about the Bears, who now have the number one overall pick. Well, he's a Bears fan. He's a Bears fan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the LA Angels. Um, this lineup, before we get into it, good. Dude, it's so good. I mean, it's so good. It's and not so good. Like It's there is, so good. There's on one paper, problem. On paper, I think it is so good. There's one problem. What's the problem? Fletcher at short. Yeah, but it's probably going to be Urshela. I mean, it had, they, have him on, short. they have him on roster resource as the starting shortstop, David Fletcher, when they have Luis Renjifo and Gio Urshela on the bench. That's just not going to happen. Uh, Renjifo was good for them last year. Not great. I was about to say great. He wasn't great. He was yeah. good. Gio Urshela was good last year for the Twins. This team has no weaknesses. Go through it. Let's okay. go. Where's the weakness? Okay. David Fletcher is not going to be the shortstop. All right. It's so, going to be Urshela or Renhifo or yeah, whatever well, version they figure out. Regardless, I think shortstop is a weakness. But yes. uh, Ohapi and Stassi is the catching tandem. The newly extended Max Stassi as of the beginning of last year. Then all of a sudden you get Ohapi for Brandon Marsh. He falls into your hands and it's like, wow, okay. We have our catcher of the future. That is, relatively speaking, like without having a top 10 catcher in the game, that's an A-plus catching situation. I agree with you. That is an A-plus catching situation. Like, it's very similar, but might be better than the Jonah High Mitch Garver. I think it's better. Because Logan Ohapi might be the best out of all of them, even though we rank Jonah Heim above because we... He's done it. Yeah, he's Ohapi's done it. We need rookie. to see it with Ohapi. Um, but I, you know, I started a new podcast with Tucker Davidson, Lefty for the Angels. Um, yes. And he's been talking up a storm, obviously, about the Angels. That's a... That's a podcast that all Angels fans should definitely check out. We just had Patrick Sandoval on, and we're having Reed Detmers on the next episode, which should come out in the next few days. They rave about Logan Ohapi. They said he's made in a lab, that when you see him walk into the ballpark, he has an energy about him. Yes. That they are in love pitching to this guy. Yes. That he is one of these young catchers in a crop with a lot of good young catchers. Alejandro Kirk with the Blues. Now, Galper Moreno with the Arizona Diamondbacks. You look at Adley Rutschman on the Orioles. Logan Ohapi will enter this type of conversation this year. Yeah, I think he's probably the step below Kirk and Adley. Like, yeah, that's but impossible. those are the best in baseball. Right. Hey, hell, man, I think Kirk is a step below Adley. Like, yeah, I mean, that's how good is. Adley yeah. is. Right. So, uh, yes, I totally understand that. Um, Ohapi, again, we, we talked about how thin that position is. Um, I think Ohapi can be a top 10 catcher in the game at the end of this year. Like, so, I think gun to our head, we take Ohapi over Heim next year. Yes. yes. There you go. And Heim was number nine on our catcher's and list. And I'll take Stassi over Garver. Yeah. Uh, I Barely. I would take Garver if he's healthy, he but I just can't guarantee year. health. Stassi had a horrible Stassi year. Stassi had a horrible year and was injured, too. I don't know if I could take Stassi over Garver. All right, uh, infield first to third. Jared Walsh at first. Damn. Um, but he Brand sucked last year. But no way he's that bad again. I agree. No way. Can't be worse. Can't um, be worse. Jonathan Scope can't be worse. Bias can't be worse. Uh, Brandon Drury. Bias could be worse. Bias could be worse. Um, Brandon Drury at second. People are raving about him. David Fletcher slash Renhifo slash Urshela at short. Uh, and then Anthony Rendon at third. Outfield left to right. Taylor Ward. Mike freaking Trout. Hunter Renfro. 
And, of course, the king, Otani, as the DH. That's good! It that is. is a good team. It and is. Brandon Jury, so again, I asked Tucker and Patrick Sandoval, a guy on the Angels that they're watching in spring training that fans need to watch out for. Immediately the answer was Brandon Jury. They think he's just going to continue to hit. We saw it in Cincinnati. He went over to San Diego, and he was arguably better than Juan Soto and Josh Bell in their stints in San Diego. Going over to Los Angeles, getting that contract, he can be used all over, and he's going to hit. And then Tucker's answer, after we talked about Brandon Jury, was Hunter Renfro. As a guy, I'm not the biggest Hunter Renfro guy because I don't think he adds much value other than home runs. But I have to also understand, 30 home runs is 30 home runs. Yeah, like 30 home runs is 30 home runs. I understand the appeal there. Yes. Here was my favorite Pete Alonso take. Um, (laughs) I, I was told by a buddy that... Pete Alonso, his home runs only come like as solo shots when they're down four or up four. I'm like, okay, but he hit 45 of them. Yeah, and that's also <laughs> such a lie because he led the league in RBIs. He's yeah. tied for the league in RBIs. Right, so, like, right, There's right. no shot that's correct. Right, so He's like, bitter. but but that's the Renfro thing. It's like, yeah, he hits 30, but like, when does he hit those 30? You know what I mean? Like, 30. 30. That's fair. That's fair. That's a fair assessment. Is I mean, it? Giancarlo Stanton had the little had that thing for a while where it was a Mickey Mouse 59 homer yeah, season. Yeah, not that. But <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, I understand that. It's like. When you're looking at win probability added with home runs that matter, he might not stack up there, but 30 is 30. But again, that's one of the weaker parts of this team is Hunter Renfro who could hit 30 home runs. Taylor Ward is could be an all-star, or at least was close to one last year. Yeah. Mike Trout is we're he seeing him in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, he could be an all-star. If he's healthy, he's the best player in the world. But maybe second to Shohei Otani, who's also on this team. Rendon in spring training looks great so far. If Tony Two Bags can can stay healthy, he's one of the best third basemen in baseball. Brandon Jury, Jared Walsh, Logan O'Hoppy, and then you have Renjifo and Rochelle. There's no real weaknesses outside of, yeah, it's not great, but it's still fine. Yeah, and and this isn't a weakness, but it's more of a question mark. I want Joe Adele or Mickey Moniak to take over that fourth outfield spot so solidly. Yeah. Brett Phillips, he's fun, he's happy-go-lucky. He's a pitcher for them. I know. I would rather have Adele or Moniac over Brett Phillips if, like, they can achieve forty yeah. percent of what they can do. I mean, Adele is so much more talented than Moniac. Yeah. Yes, agreed. But like, Moniac was a one-one guy, so you have to understand that the talent is there. And like, we saw it in Spurs. But even was, in high school, I didn't even think the talent. Was yeah, but like, he was he was fine for you know a couple months at a time last year when he was healthy. But obviously, that guy went through some really frustrating shit. Um, Adele is my dream. Like, dude, get good now. Joe Adele. This is last chance. Has to. Last chance you. Yes, this is last chance. Uh, I'm not going to say you, but this is is the last opportunity for Adele. I'll say it. I get it. Um, (laughs) All right, rotation. It's good. Otani, check. Patrick Sandoval, friend of the the program, kind of. Armbarn, check. Tyler Anderson on that three-year, $39 million deal. I loved that contract. Check. Check. Reed Detmers, massive check. Especially with the slider. Massive, massive check. He was a 3-7 last year. He was far better than that. I think he was close to three in the second half after we really started using that slider. Um, And then Jose Suarez as a five, really cool with. They're probably going to go six deep. They're probably going to have Tucker as the six because of Otani. And... A lot of people are asking me, and I actually want your opinion on this too, because I've been giving people my opinion on it, and I want to see if you agree with it. People are saying Otani to win Cy Young plus 1,200. 
And I think to myself, that's great value for him because Corbin Burns in 2021 threw like, what, 170 innings or 168 and won the Cy Young over a guy like Zach Wheeler that year. But the thing is, I just don't know if the innings are going to be there for Otani to end up winning the Cy Young with a crowded field in the American League. I think it's much more likely he wins the MVP, but that doesn't mean he doesn't pitch to a Cy Young level. I'm not saying that. I just say... When you have Garrett Cole, when you have McClanahan, when you have Framber, when you have Luis Castillo, when you have Shane Bieber, when you have McKenzie throwing all those innings, you know, Carlos Rodon, if he ends up coming back healthy, there's so much clutter. Did you mention Manoa? I haven't even mentioned Manoa or Gosman. Yeah. Or Drew Rasmussen because he's insane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's. There's so many guys. Like, even let's say Chris Sale stays healthy all year, it's a very crowded field. So Even what, a Christian Javier. Right. You know, there's it's it's going to be tough for him to win Cy Young. But again, splitting hairs is one of your opinion on that. What I will say is if if you if you think Max Fried, like if you see Max Fried's odds to win the NL Cy Young and you say, like, that's something that I want to take, um, I, I think you should look at Otani in the same way. Because Fried and Otani, almost identical last year in terms of production. Like, they were... If, if you were to compare the value that Shohei Otani brought, it looks a lot like what Max Fried did last year. So if you truly believe that Fried should be, you know, considered to win the NL Cy Young. Because Otani's better. Otani is better than Fried. You you pull up Otani's stats, I've got Fried's stats. Okay. So Max Fried, last year for the Atlanta Braves, as I buy time for myself here, Max Fried had 30 starts. Okay, Otani had 28. Uh, 185 innings for Freed. 166. Okay. That's um, that's like why... That's the difference. But 2.48 ERA for Freed. 2.33 for Otani. Okay, 2.70 for, uh, FIP for Freed. 2.40 for Otani. Okay, um, 170 punch-outs. Um, Shohei Otani had 219. Okay, uh, Freed walked 32 guys. Um, Otani walked 44 guys. So Otani is like, I think better. I think, you know, I do think but he's slightly. better. Yeah, slightly. and if you look at XERA, if you look at XFIP too, Otani wins there too. So, yeah, I think it's worth thinking about it, plus 1,200. But it's worth thinking about. I just, it's also like you put your hands into the human aspect of this, you put your hands into the, you put your money into the hands of the voters. And like voters, I feel like are, are more deterred from voting Otani for Cy Young because like he is runaway MVP favorite. You know yes. what I mean? Because if, if he pitches well enough to win the Cy Young, he's going to be an MVP, not the Cy Young. He, like, he exactly. could win both. I, As weird as it sounds. He could win both. I actually think it's harder for Otani to win the Cy Young than the MVP. I agree. Weird. Weird. But we're splitting hairs again because Otani is one of the best pitchers in baseball and the Angels have him at the top of the rotation. When you close your eyes and think of Shohei Otani, do you see him with the bat or with the glove? Do I see him, you mean on the mound? Like, do you see him on the mound or in the batter's box? On the mound. I see him in the batter's box. Which is so crazy. I mean, he had a 146 WRC Plus last year. It's weird. Like, I don't know. I guess it's just He's the most talented player of all time. Correct. I I just, I see him every night in the batter's box. And like, yes, I watch him for two hours on the mound, but I see him for 10 minutes every night in the batter's box. But how about Patrick Sandoval still in that rotation? Yes. Sandoval was fantastic last year. He's working on this slider, which he started throwing much more last year. And he has this bread and butter changeup. We saw him dominate in the World Baseball Classic against 
a Team USA lineup that was gunning for his head, and they're a fully right-handed lineup, that goes to show, like, a guy like Sandoval, you have good stuff, you can get lefties and righties out, and he's got that dog in him. Can I just say? He's got the dog in him, people. Let me just say, Otani, 28 starts, a 2-3 ERA last year. <sighs> Sandoval, 27 starts, a 2-9 ERA last year. Tyler Anderson, 28 starts, a 2-5-7 ERA. So you've got three guys in the front of your rotation with at least 27 starts and at highest a 2-9 ERA. So three guys with a sub-3. Four and five, Reed Detmers, 25 starts, a 3-7-7. Jose Suarez, 20 starts, a 3-9-6. If you're five, and then Tucker Davidson, obviously, we know can put together a, a, a sub-4, and he can make 15 to 20 starts. Start game five of the World Series for the Braves. World Series champ. He'll World Series champ, Tucker Davidson. So, like... We could be looking at five or six guys that start 20 games and have an ERA under four. I asked them a question, and they were taken back by it a little bit, and they said that it didn't matter, and I agreed with them because I was reading articles about the Angels' rotation, and it was very negative about the fact that they have one righty at the top followed by five lefties. And I asked them about it, and they were like, yeah, we have five lefties who pitch really well does it matter what hand they throw with and I said no and I also fought back with them saying if it was a lefty at the top followed by five righties no one would say anything correct but it's just the fact that they throw left-handed which shouldn't matter if you can just get outs which if you're facing the White Sox every night that sucks but like it's much different also when your bullpen is all lefties or something when you have yeah but the rotation all five of those lefties can get outs and then you have Shohei Otani this could be it has a much higher floor than the Rangers, and the upside is fantastic. If Tyler Anderson looks like he did on the Dodgers and Sandoval looks like he was last year and then you still have Otani, it doesn't even matter what you get from Detmers, but Detmers could be back in that range with Sandoval and Tyler Anderson as one of the better lefties in the American League. And then Suarez and Tucker, like those two guys at the bottom of your rotation, is great. Not to mention you've got Chase Silseth, who's kind of sitting there as a seven. And Silseth, in a brief cameo, looked really good, then looked really bad, then we didn't see him again. So, yeah. like, I, I do have faith in the Silseth changeup. Like, that, that just He's kind nasty. of took the world by storm. Um, yeah, but, I mean, he was fresh out of college. I understand yeah. why that happened. Bullpen. They just lack a true closer. Like, that is the yeah, only flaw do. in this bullpen. Because they've got a bunch of seventh inning guys that I feel really good about. Really good about. Carlos, I feel good about five of these guys. Yeah. Carlos Estevez, I don't feel that good about. Jimmy Hergit, I feel good you about. You don't feel good about Estevez? No, not On really. the Rockies, he had good. He has good stuff. He I think he's actually going to... He's going to translate well to Los Angeles, I think. He didn't strike out as many guys as I wish he did, and he walked a lot of guys. But on the Rockies, where his stuff, it's like, his stuff doesn't match up that well to Coors, and he still pitched very well. I think he settles in in a much nicer role with the Angels. Maybe he's Yancy Almonte. He sat 98 with his fastball. So That's going to play. Regardless, like you've got a righty sitting 98. Got Jimmy Herget, who who's a completely different look and is weirdo. great. Yeah, yeah, I think he's good last Absolute year. Absolute weirdo. I want you guys to get him on the arm bar because I'm just like, yeah. Why do you? Why are you the way who that you are? You? are? Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what's your deal, man? <laughs> Question one. What's your deal? Uh, Matt Moore. Tapera. Matt Moore was a great free agent pickup. I mean, that guy is 
top starting pitching prospect turned really good starting pitcher turned failed starting pitcher turned really good reliever that had a sub two in 74 innings last year and Aaron Loop is good Loop was good in 21 he was not good last year but like Andrew Wants could be okay Quijada could be okay Jaime Berea was solid last very year. good 261 ERA like they have a lot of good players they just lack a true closer. They and do. I hope that somebody steps up. And Herget, he doesn't have the fastball to be a true closer, I don't think. No. And I think Estevez is going to be their closer. And I I have faith in him. I think he can be a good reliever. And even maybe Matt Moore continues dominating. He ends up being a closer. Can I give you a name? Sure. Ben Joyce. Ben Joyce. Could be. 105 from Tennessee. Remember him on Pitching Ninja? You remember him. Could be the guy come all-star break. Um, I, but that's what they need. Yeah, Arm and I were talking about Like, Joyce. make one trade at the deadline for a big-time closer and bring up Ben Joyce, and then we'll look at this bullpen and say, there's a lot of good players here. You know who makes a lot of sense for Anaheim is uh, Rysel Iglesias. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... Angels fans are probably so pissed after hearing that. Dude, yeah. I mean, like, you just extended him. Why move him? That was yeah, a yeah. weird, That was a weird, weird thing. Move. And the fact that, you know, they got Tucker, which was great, but... Um, who was the reliever that they got? Uh, he's been in the league for seven Jesse years. Chavez? Jesse Chavez. And now he's back in the Braves. Yeah. Or he was back in the Braves. Yeah, yeah. like I, I understand just, making the move for a starter like Tucker. But I get it. It's racing like business, man. Yeah, and you could have gotten more. Yes, exactly. Uh, all right, Seattle. Seattle. Wait, wait, wait. Before we move on to Seattle, what do you realistically expect from the Angels this year? Let's address that at the end because I'm okay. going to ask you for predicted okay. order of finish. Okay. Um. Catching tandem, Cal Raleigh and Tom Murphy. Cool with it. Cal Raleigh's a top 10 catcher in the game. Yeah, I. it's a good catching tandem because they have Cal Raleigh. Tom Murphy. Whatever. I have no I have no problem with the catching tandem because of that starter, which you're exactly right. Um, Ty France will play first. Colton Wong, after the trade, uh, will be at second base. That was a great deal. They traded from a surplus. J.P. Crawford will be at short. Uh, Eugenio Suarez at third. Jared Kelnick in left. Um, Julio Rodriguez in center, Teoscar Hernandez after the deal in right, uh, and you've got A.J. Pollock as the D.H., the other bench bats, Dylan Moore, Sam Haggerty, Tommy Listella. This lineup is flawless. I love this team. It's flawless. I love this team. Where is the weakness? You could say J.P. Crawford is the weakness, but I call him... Dansby used to be the average shortstop barometer. Then he had that great year and has been playing better and better. Now it's J.P. Crawford. That's the weakest position on your team. They needed a second baseman. Who did they go get? Colton Wong. They needed a big bopper. They needed an outfielder. Who did they go get? Teoscar Hernandez. And they gave up from areas of strength, from that bullpen, from guys like Jesse Winker. Eugenio Suarez, we're seeing him in the WBC. He's still got it. And if Jared Kelnick continues to do what he's been doing in spring training, this team... Is a World Series contender. I truly believe that the window is fully open. GM Jerry Depoto makes all the right moves. He also makes deadline moves. We saw them make the move for Luis Castillo. And when I look at the offense, there is no weaknesses. It's and then, but there's they they have such a high floor, but they have so much upside. Like if Kelnick is that good, Pollock has like this platoon bat is Kelnick, great. Kelnick has looked awesome in the spring, and yes, Pollock is a platoon bat is great. And they have J Rod. 
And they have J-Rod. Sam Haggerty is a great switch hitter to have on the bench. Like, Tommy Listella on your bench is great. Listella in the starting lineup is brutal, but Listella on the bench is solid. It's great. He screams bench bat. And he's a great bench bat. Yeah, he is a great bench That's kind of like the Robbie Grossman. It's like, I, depending on what role you're in... I may love you. I may love you, and I love Tommy Listella in a bench role. Yeah, it sucks that Taylor Trammell is a handmade issue. Yeah, I mean, he. I feel so bad for him just in general because he's moved teams like six different times and is just waiting kind of for his I opportunity. I think this is year three in Seattle. Is I think, it year three I think he already? might have bought a home. Yeah. He deserves to. I hope he stays there. Yeah, shout he out, won't, shout out Taylor Trammell. He won't, though. He'll buy, get dealt for something. Come on, man. Buy a home in Kennewick, Washington. Yeah. Get out to the Burbs a yeah, little Spokane. bit. Um, Luis Castillo, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Robbie Ray, Marco Gonzalez so is the five. It is so freaking good. One it two, might be the best in baseball. It is top five. Yes. Um, Bryce Miller and Emerson Hancock are on the way. I love this rotation. As soon as Miller or Hancock can displace Marco, and like Marco gets out. We were just talking about that before we recorded. The, there, there was one qualified pitcher with a war under one, and it was Marco Gonzalez, who in 183 innings struck out 103 guys and yeah. walked 50. This is a fun thought exercise. So what we were doing pre-record. Name, and we won't do it. Well, this will be for um, for you to do after the podcast if you want to. Homework. Homework. The 10 pitchers who had what? Below a 1.5 war who last below year? Two had war. below two. Qualified starters. 162 innings. Name them in your head. Who were the 10 starters who had below a two war who qualified. Remember, it's very easy for us to just say, yeah, Austin Gomber threw, what, 102 innings and like a 6 ERA? That's not the answer to the question. Guys, we threw 162 innings. So you have to throw a ton and not accumulate the war numbers. Yes. And Marco Gonzalez was last, even though that's why war is not a perfect stat for pitchers because it's it's a lot about strikeouts and walks. And He had a 4-1. Marco Gonzalez strikes out five guys per night. He strikes out five. He walks two and a half. But but he, he gets out. He gets out. And he's been getting outs. And he always outperforms these numbers. And, and, and he, then if he doesn't work out, let's say this is final the year that he regresses, you have Chris, Chris Flexen. You have Bryce Miller. You have Emerson Hancock, potentially. He's like the eighth guy. Right. And the eighth guy, Emerson Hancock, if he finds what he has, he could be a 3-4 right now. No, he's like a top five caliber pick. He was... He was, I think, fourth overall, maybe out of sixth Georgia? overall out of Georgia. I think so. In twi- no, I know he was out of okay, Georgia. Yeah. I think it was either fourth or sixth. I think it was sixth. Um, and then the bullpen is top three in baseball. I don't it's remember our so bullpen. so freaking good. And they traded Eric Swanson because they didn't even need him. Seawald, Munoz, Castillo, Brash, Penn Murphy, Gott, Festet. Like, yeah, how about they move Brash in the rotation if the world starts to end? Yes. And they can. Yes. And he's been working on it this offseason. And but like Diego Castillo is kind of the underrated bullpen guy. He was a closer. Because yeah. you think about Munoz and we think the world of him. Seawald is their, I guess, established closer at this point because he's awesome. Penn Murphy's great. But Diego Castillo with the Rays was their closer and a very good closer at that. Castillo, career three one ERA guy. Really good. Great stuff. Remember that deal? What was that deal at the deadline that they made where they got Luis Castillo and traded Kendall Graveman? And they traded Diego. Or they, they traded Graveman yeah. to get Diego Castillo. And everyone was like, what are we doing? And you're and breaking up the band because Graveman was so good. And yet Castillo is just like, we got to trust in Jerry. He and, knows what he's doing. And Graveman was gone, right? Like Graveman They, they gone. got Castillo. For four years. 
they of got, control. Yes, they got Castillo for four years. They rented out Graveman to Houston. I don't remember exactly who they got from Houston. Was that Odorizzi that they got from Houston? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. It's yeah. all over my head. Regardless, like they shipped off Kendall Graveman, and then in a separate deal, they got Diego Castillo. Kendall Graveman is no longer with the Houston Astros, and Diego Castillo is still there and still throwing really well. Really, really well. Um, yeah, man. So, and even the addition of Trevor Gott for yes, the Brewers, he's good, good too. It is good. So this is, I think, the second best team in the AL West because it is flawless. Now, my I one, think yes, they're the second best team in the American League. Oh, oh, I do. Ooh. I think they're the second best team in the American League. You hear me? I'm getting a call with like a bunch of weird numbers in front of it, and that's Toronto. It's like a Canada thing. Yeah, I know you and Arm super high in Toronto, and I'm still like, let's see it. I, the pitching. The Mariners beat the Blue Jays last year in the playoffs and are now better than they were. Yes, and the pitching is objectively stronger for Seattle. My worry is... From top to bottom, from the number one starter down to the last bullpen arm, and they can bang with Toronto. They're not going to have the gaudy LPS numbers that probably Toronto has, but it's not that far off. And I bet on pitching. And like you'll, in this series like this, let's say it's Gosman, Manoa... You'll take Barrios okay, and on. Bassett versus these four. Like they're winning three of those games. Hold on, you say from the one and two. Like I think I'm taking, I think I'm taking Casti or I'm taking Manoa and Gosman that tandem over the tandem of Castillo and Gilbert. Yes, but, but they this they, they faced each other and we already saw the Mariners win. Uh, so correct, it's tight. Like I'm, I'm and I personally think the Rays are better than the Blue Jays. I don't and know. I think the Yankees are better than the Blue. I don't know, um, but that's a we'll talk about it yeah, for another later, time. We have later. a big projection, win totals, betting yeah. predictions episode coming next week. Yeah, so I will lean Manoa Gosman over Castillo Gilbert, but three through five in the rotation and the entirety of the bullpen, no doubt in my mind, goes to Seattle, and that's why they have the advantage there. Yeah, when Robbie raised your four, yes. He won a Cy Young for the Blue Jays. Remember that Blue Jays fans? Yes, but he also sucks out loud. Yeah, yeah. You're a hater <laughs> yeah. of him. And I get it. But, like, he is... If he's a 3-8 guy who throws 190 innings with 220 strikeouts... He was bad at 3-7 last year. If your bad arm is 3-7, congratulations. You have a great bad arm. Houston, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk projections quick at the end. But Houston, just flying through... Martin Maldonado and Corey Lee are the catching tandem. Christian Vasquez made them look better. Uh, Maldonado obviously is not getting moved. Jim Crane loves Martin Maldonado. I, I wish the catching tandem was better, but I don't think Who cares? the Astros are This losing. is the best team in baseball. Yes. Uh, Jose Abreu at first over Yuli Gurriel is a massive, massive upgrade. Oh, Three years, 60. So good. Looking at this roster right now as we sit here and I'm on my laptop just looking, it's so Good. It's absolutely insane. Jose Altuve, future Hall of Famer at second. Jeremy Pena, the World Series MVP at short. Alex Bregman, who is a perennial all-star candidate at third. Uh, Chaz McCormick in left, likely. Jake Myers in center. Kyle Tucker in right. Jordan Alvarez as the DH with uh, Michael Brantley on the mend right now. The bench, Corey Lee, J.J. Matijevic, David Hensley, who had a really nice start to his big league career. And did you see him in the World Series? He yes. was hitting. He was starting. He, he was good. And, and then Mauricio Dubon as well. The bench leaves some to be desired, but this offense is relentless. Yeah, last year they finished as a team 7th in OPS, and I think you could argue they might be better. 
when you slot in Jose Abreu instead of Yuli Gurriel, you have year two of Jeremy Pena. Chas McCormick only seems to be getting better. You put Michael Brantley back in this lineup too. This feels like, while they were one of the best offenses last year, they're even better this year. Like that's seventh in OPS. I bet that moves to three or four. And we haven't even gotten to the pitching yet, which is all world. I mean, they are just... Jordan's going to go crazy again. Bregman's going to go crazy. Tucker, it could be a potential MVP candidate. And he hit sixth. He hit sixth in this lineup. He hit sixth for the Team USA lineup. Can I give you a depth name? Yeah. Justin Durden hmm. is a depth name that you should know. He's 25 years old. Uh, kind of like like a nothing. Nobody knows where he came from. He was a non-drafted free agent, I do believe. 10 games so far in spring training. He's 5 for 15 with a double, two homers, four walks, and six Ks in 20 plate appearances. So that, that's a 1,300 OPS in 10 games so far. Durden last year, between double and triple, 92 games in Corpus Christi, 32 games in Sugarland, which is the AAA affiliate. So 124 games. The guy hit 302 with a 942 OPS, 40 doubles, 24 homers, 101 Jeez. driven in. 12 for 15 in the solar base department. When's his next MVP? Again, so these guys, they can come out of nowhere sometimes, and everybody fell in love with Mervis. Um, I think Justin, like, don't get me wrong, I love Mervis. Yeah, you're not taking anything away from Mervis. You're just saying they might have another one of him. Yeah, and I'm not saying that, like, Durden was better than Mervis because Mervis was better than Durden last year. But if anybody was, you know, in the same breath as Mervis, where it's come out of nowhere, no one saw this coming... It's Justin Durden. He's proving it in spring training. I think Justin Durden should be given every chance to make camp here or here. Blech. I think Justin Durden should be given every opportunity to make the roster out of camp in these final two weeks of spring training. Houston Astros fans, another homework assignment. Talk to Cubs fans about what they expect from Matt Mervis. And say we have a 90th percentile outcome of him that we don't expect, that we don't anything, expect from. anything from. That's how good the Astros are. It's a guy like Matt Mervis, who is projected to be a big help for the Cubs this year, hit the ground running, hit a ton of home runs. And the Astros just have one of those guys just sitting here behind a Jose Abreu. It's not a Matt Mervis sitting behind a Trey Mancini or an Eric Cosmer. Yeah. It's sitting behind Abreu. We look at the DH role. Right now it's Jordan. He could play some left. Maybe it's Brantley. And like David Hensley was hitting in the World Series. Yeah. There is no breaks. You could say, oh, Martin Maldonado can't hit. Look at me. I'm all smart and I know that he can't hit. It doesn't matter. He's got grit. He is not there to hit. Just put that put that away. If he goes over next year, I'm pretty sure the Astros won't move off him. Yeah. He has this special relationship with the pitchers. We see him in the WBC. We see how teammates, even around the communication, it is, say what you want about him. I know we can't hit, but there's a reason guys like Austin Hedges, Marching Maldonado continue to get jobs. The catching position defensively is so important, and Martin Maldonado is all-world at it still. Yes. Uh, rotation. Fromber, Javier, Luis Garcia, Jose Urquidy, Hunter Brown. No notes. One weakness. Urquidy sucks. Urquidy does suck, but he was a sub four, and it doesn't year. matter because they have it. Does, like he's the five, he's the five. And it doesn't and, matter, and he is the six. If McCullers McCullers, can get back from this elbow, strain. it doesn't matter because Brown's going to be great. It just sucks to see what happened to McCullers. So I was tipped off about this. Shout out Jake Hazen. Um, is going to be helping us out on the gambling side. He looked into Luis Garcia, 
because you know how Luis Garcia with the um, with the new pitch clock, he's got he's got a, he a his quicker up the windup, yeah. right? Luis Garcia with runners on base last year was elite. Why why does that matter, right? Because he can't he do the do big one shit. Yeah, he didn't do the salsa bullshit. So what he's saying, he is betting every single Luis Garcia prop to either go over whether it be strikeouts or ERA, whether it to be go under. Okay. It's you know we're trying to find edges when it comes to betting, but he is such a believer in Luis Garcia with his windup change, and he's already looked good in spring, and he's looked amazing in the World Baseball Classic so far. Yeah. So he's a guy. While we talk about Christian Javier, gonna be amazing. We talk about Framber is gonna be amazing. Luis Garcia is a guy that nobody's talking about, and he's already been solid for the Astros. He could develop into one of the better threes too. Like they are just. There's nothing else to say. Hunter Brown's going to be great for them. They're just so damn good. I can't watch Luis Garcia's, or I couldn't watch Luis Garcia starts because of the salsa bullshit, and he is the pace of play Satan. But, but now that he has to. And it's not like this 35-year-old who's stuck in his waist. No. He's still really young. Like yeah. That was his thing. He changes it up. And the numbers say he's better when he changes it up. And, and now that he had to change it up, he is a lot more watchable, and I'm excited to watch Luis Garcia. Have you seen him in the WBC? He looks yeah, phenomenal. He looks Man, I'm gonna be tuned in to at least part of every Fromber, Javier, Garcia, and Hunter Brown start. I mean, you want to watch the Astros every day. I mean, they're just except Arkiti starts. But like, I don't even know how many starts Arkiti's gonna have. And the crazy thing is, the Astros probably know. All right, we got to hit today. We got to turn it on. We're gonna win an eight-six game, and they'll win that game. Like Arkiti probably finishes with a twelve and seven record. Yeah. <laughs> like it won't matter to compare pitchers, but it's just. He'll probably end up with a good record. His ERA is going to be four or five, but right. they're going to win games when he pitches. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then because then the bullpen let, they just get five out of Rakiti. He gives up three runs in five. No runs are going to be scored from the bullpen, and the Astros are going to put up seven themselves. It doesn't matter. And it's best bullpen in baseball. It's best bullpen in baseball. We already yeah. ranked it the best bullpen in baseball. Presley yeah. Montero, Brian Abreu, Ryan Stanek, Hector Neris, Phil Maton. Like dude. I was watching Neris pitch in the WBC, and I was like, oh man, like. I kind of forget where Hector Neris is. Astros. And I look it up he's and I'm hit- like, oh my God, he's like the eighth option for the freaking Astros. He's the fifth inning guy for the Astros. Ugh. Ryan Stanek didn't pitch in the playoffs last year and finished the year with a 1-1-5. Yeah. That's not fair. In 54 innings. They got Rafael Montero from the Mets who sucked and then now he's... They signed him to a three-year extension. The yeah. Houston Astros who... They don't even have that much money, and they're so strategic with how they use it. Gave Rafael Montero a three-year deal. At first, I hated it, but then I'm realizing, who am I to hate it? If you guys, he's going to be amazing. Right. And if, Brian Abreu, he gave up no 11 innings, 4 hits, 19 Ks in the playoffs. one nine four ERA during the regular season. 98. Uh, if you guys were watching Puerto Rico in the DR on Wednesday night, you saw Brian Abreu make Javi Baez his like His it was bitch. insane. It was it was like, how do you beat Javi Baez? Slider low and away. <laughs> Brian Bray's the perfect pitcher to get out of Javi yeah, Baez. He just kept on ripping it. It was like, you know exactly what I'm doing right now. Like I'm sure he could have trash talked and been like, slider low and away, don't swing, and Baez still would have swung. And like that was a dominating at bat from Brian Abreu. So yeah, man, I mean, like no flaws on this team. Projected order of finish, go. I think the Astros went hundred plus again. I think the Mariners win 95. I think the Angels win between 88 to 90. I'm very high on the Angels. I know I'm high on the Angels every year, but this year feels different. 
I'm speaking with Tucker, you know, once a week and texting back and forth, asking about players. Everybody looks good. And it, that's all it takes for the Angels is everybody to look good. If they stay healthy, they have a very good team. The Rangers, the more we talk about it, the more I'm down on them than I thought maybe even going into this episode. Yeah. I think they're a 75-win team and the A's will be lucky to crack 60. I think it's going to be the exact same standings as it was last year, but with improvements from the Mariners and the Angels mild improvements for the Rangers and a worse year for the Angels or the A's than last year. So so those six wins that the Astros won, I think they're down to 100. But with that said, because how are you going to replicate Verlander's 175? You're not going to. That's what I'm saying. So I think they still win 100. Yeah. They're the best team in baseball. Yeah. I think the but those six better. wins, like three of them give them to the Mariners, three of them give them to the Angels, and I would, and then take two away from the A's. And give them, but they're going to obviously, with the schedule changes, they're going to be facing different teams. Now the Angels don't have to face the Astros all that much. The Mariners don't have to face the Astros all the time. I think that we're going to see a a crazy wild card setup. I think this might be not the best division in baseball, but close. I think the NL East is going to be slightly better. Yes, I think the AL East is probably better too. But I I think that it's going to be, you know... I think it's better than the NL West. Yeah. Yeah, because there are two great teams in yeah. the West. And they're like, San Francisco, man. Yeah. Arizona, exciting bit, man. Yeah, um, yeah man, I, I think it's going to be one from the AL Central, and I do think it's going to be two from the AL East and two from the AL West. I'm going to yeah. go exact same order. I'm going to go Houston, Seattle, Anaheim, Texas, Oakland. Oakland is the worst record in baseball. Like, I can see, like, 55 wins yeah, there. Yeah, I really could. Um, but Texas, now knowing the A's, they'll probably win, like, 70. Correct. Um <laughs> My only worry, the only thing that makes me think that the Angels can finish second in Seattle third is if the injury bug strikes the Mariners, they don't have much offensive depth at all. Like, yeah. at all. They've got Haggerty and Dylan Moore and Listella, but how much does that get you to replace these guys? You know what I mean? Like, if Suarez, fingers crossed but this the thing is, happen. Look at their team right now. Who's injury prone? Um, I don't like doing that because anybody can get injured. And at any you're given right. Moment. You're right. But it's 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 different when you have guys with history of injury concerns. Yeah. And you need the depth, of course. But like, say Cal Raleigh takes a ball off his thumb. What happens then? Yeah, it's the Tom Murphy show, which sucks. That does suck. If a Eugenio Suarez like gets hit in the hand, what happens then? You move Listella into the infield. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know what I mean? There like, are problems. The depth goes away. That's a good point. So, I, that's my only thing. And the Astros thing. have fucking Durden coming up. Durden. Like, who is well, Durden? Who is, who is David Hensley? Justin Durden is the <laughs> second most famous Durden in human yeah. history. Tyler Durden. Shout out Fight Club. The most famous Durden in human history. But, um, yeah, man. I, I'm slightly, slightly worried about the depth. But I think that Seattle's pitching is... A lot better than Anaheim's pitching, and I think Anaheim's pitching is good. I just think Seattle's is, you know, top five, top three in baseball when you combine rotation uh, and bullpen. So, yeah, I, I go with the same look. Real quick before we wrap, the Edwin Diaz thing—he's out yeah. for the entire year. He tore his patellar tendon in his knee. That surgery—it's looking like he's out for the year per passing. Uh, I don't like it. Sucks and. You know, we're not going to get into, oh, the WBC is a fake-ass tournament. It's not a fake-ass tournament. Dumbest take I've That's ever seen. If you take. see people, like, ripping the World Baseball Classic, they are 
they either don't really care about baseball, they just like the Mets, We're or they're the miserable. Form of the game. We're it's amazing. The best game. This is, and I said at the beginning when we were doing a World Baseball Classic preview, I was like, this is might be the best baseball that we see all year. The atmosphere is incredible. You guys were in, like it was you and Arm, but I can see it on TV. It looks like the place is buzzing yes. for pool play games. Imagine in the quarterfinals and the semis, and it like we've seen Kendrys Morales stomp on home plate after a home run, tear his ACL. We've seen Paul George in a Team USA scrimmage yeah. break his leg. These things happen. They are freak. You can't blame an entire tournament. It happens, right? Every time you go play a sport, you you know that an injury is possible. Yes. You know that. But for to hate the entire World Baseball Classic because Edwin Diaz had a freak injury while celebrating, I get it you're upset right now. If you're a Mets fan, I can hear you. I see you. It's upsetting. And but, it's okay to say, like, oh, the Mets season is ruined and all that. And it's like, But it's this. not, though. That's the thing with the yeah, Mets. It's like it's they're not. still loaded. You it's, know Steve Cohen with his... But it, if, it, if a player was going to get injured, the team with an owner for, that's worth $20 billion is right. maybe the one to it happened to. Yes, but also it's like, you know, I, I understand the frustration and let it out there. Like, fuck us. You know, like, yes, oh, we're the I get Mets. That. We live in I perpetual get angst. Like, Yeah, you're okay. a White Sox guy. Like, Luis Robert gets... Yeah. Tears his ACL for Cuba. In the WBC, you know, like, that sucks. Yankee fan Glaber Torres tears his ACL with... So, yeah. say fuck us. Don't say fuck the WBC. Agreed. That it's, it's not fair to anybody because I don't think you understand. And, like, we can only understand by talking to some of these guys. Like, we've both been lucky enough. You talked to Patrick Sandoval on a separate podcast on our network. I talked to Rob Zestrizny, who started that game for Canada on a separate network. Or on the same network on a separate show. You leaving? Yes. Um, <laughs> we're together because I'm working out my contract. And yeah. it's like pretty brutal. Um, but no, I mean like... It's we're got a lifetime contract. Yeah, don't, exactly. Don't worry. We're talking to these guys and it's just obvious how meaningful it is to throw for their country. So like don't shit on Edwin Diaz for choosing to throw for his country. No. That's just mean and it's not fair. And he's also 28 years old. Right. The career is not over. He'll be out for the season. He's going to come back there on 102 with the slider and the trumpets, and it's going to be like, remember that shitty thing that happened? Don't blame the WBC. We're about to watch some of the best baseball that we're going to see all year and for the next couple of years. Because if I'm seeing Puerto Rico versus the Dominican Republic in pool play and like decibel records are being broken in pool play, yeah. imagine what the quarterfinals are going to be. Mexico-Venezuela, Japan in those games— the atmosphere is going to be nuts. Cuba yes. in Miami, the first time the Cuban professional team has ever played. Oh, I cannot wait. Uh, and Yohan Moncada is going to strike out three times. Yes, so we, Luis Robert. We already yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't worry, everybody. I, the White Sox fan, but know. But the Cuba's going to pitch for guys I've never heard of that third idea. Yes, exactly. In Japan and all that stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah, man. Like, I just don't want to hear anybody say, fuck the WBC, because... Uh, regardless of how electric Mets Braves could be with Edwin Diaz coming out for the ninth, I understand that is like the most electric environment in Major League Baseball. I don't believe that does more for baseball than the World Baseball Classic. Agreed. I think the the WBC, more so than like the World Series, honestly, in recent years, is the most meaningful thing to grow the game because it's so exciting. And this is like the perfect the perfect thing to, you know, funnel into new baseball with the pitch clock. This was make or break for Major League Baseball. 
having the WBC right now go into a better product with the shift rules and the pitch clock rules, I, I think is like the perfect chance for for Major League Baseball to like recapture an audience. And you don't do that without the best players playing in the World Baseball Classic. Japan versus Korea. Half the TVs. 46% of T of households in Japan were tuned into that game. Think about that. Shohei Otani is now at 3 million Instagram followers. I think he's gained a million since the WBC. Lars Newtbar went up like 200%. <laughs> Jared Karabas actually had a really funny tweet. It's like, who are these people just now finding out about Shohei Otani? Imagine if you didn't really know baseball and you just turned on the TV. It's like, this guy's pitching and hitting? Yeah, this, guy, <laughs> yeah, this, guy's this guy's crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, Did I mention he's fast? Yes, he's, yes fast. he's fast. He's really fast. Yeah. All right, that's Peter. I'm Jack. Happy weekending, everybody. We're going to be at both the quarters. Uh, stay locked on all the social medias for uh, live coverage and, you know, just like good edited video coverage of the World Baseball Classic. And Get yourself some Just Baseball merch. I'm merch. rocking the T. Jack's not a company man. We're working out his contract. I get it. He's on a holdout. I fucking hate these guys. What I would suggest is clicking on the link tree in our episode description. That's yes. um, all the different types of podcasts. Just college hoops. Just basketball. If you're getting bored of the baseball stuff. But you better not be because this is just baseball. And I'm having a blast. Good. But we're talking WBC stuff. We're going to continue talking about it. So much social stuff. We'll be doing, you know, in-game. Not in-game interviews. I wish in-game interviews. I'm talking about in the game with fans as well as we'll be in the press box we're credentialed which is a great thing for us over here at just baseball media very cool career milestone for us um a lot of exciting stuff stay tuned in with that 